0: Boom, mm-hmm. boom,
1: My name is Miranda, your resident witch. And I am Crystal, your resident wino. <laughs> um, today we have a really fun episode for you, and we're talking about past lives. I'm wondering how many of you guys believe in past lives or have had experiences with your children or other people's children? So, do you believe in past lives? Did you, um, growing up in a coven, discuss the belief of past lives? You know what? I, I believe in past lives, definitely. Uh, and growing up in the coven, um, you know, we were told that we get to decide what happens to us after we die. Like, we could decide if we want to be reborn. We can decide if we want to be like, I don't know, a, a spirit guide, or want to go to heaven. Cool beans. Like, we were able to just make that choice.
0: Could I be a cat? So,
1: I'm a, I'm sure you could. <laughs>
0: I would totally
1: be a cat. I probably was a
0: cat. How much I love napping and just sleeping in the sun. (laughs) Mm.
1: But yeah, so I definitely believe in past lives. And tonight I'm going to share with you um, a story of my son describing a past life of his and it was crazy because he told me this when he was around like four years old. So Ooh, I can't I'm wait excited. for you to hear that. <laughs> yeah, and I did get permission from my son to tell the story. I did ask him because he's eight now and he does have autonomy. Um, and he said, "Yep, I could share it." So.
0: <laughs> and he's the sweetest little boy on the planet.
1: I know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay. Uh, so I guess I will start us off. Um, I've got two stories to share. And we are educated women, (laughs) so (laughs) I chose from an educational site, a university site, actually, with uh, a list, it has a huge list of educational um, case studies and journals and book reviews, and I will add that into our description. All right. Here we go. (laughs) So the first case I want to talk about comes from an educational book review that I found. The book is titled, Can the Mind Survive Beyond Death? In Pursuit of Scientific Evidence, written by Satwant K. Pastrusha. It was reviewed by Dr. Jim B. Tucker from the Division of Perceptual Studies at the University of Virginia. So let's get into it. Sumitra was a young woman that was experiencing episodes of seizures. During one of these seizures, Sumitra seemed to have passed away and soon after had revived. After reviving, she wasn't herself. She was confused. She said that she was not Sumitra and she did not recognize her family. She had rejected her husband and even her children. She said her name was Shiva and that she had two children, as well as many more details about her life as Shiva. What's more interesting is that she claimed to have been murdered by her in-laws in a place called Dibiapur, a place that was about 55 kilometers away from her current location. And it was later found that these details corresponded to the life of a woman named Shiva Davidi. Sumitra's family ...had no previous knowledge of Shiva Davidi. Shiva's family did corroborate that Shiva had, in fact, died violently. It was unknown who the murderer or murderers were, though her in-laws were under suspicion.
1: Ooh, Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's always (laughs) (laughs) in-laws.
0: Shiva had been murdered in Dibyapur two months before Sumitra had her fatal seizure... So Shiva dies. She's murdered. Two months later, Sumitra has her seizure, passes away, revives,
1: and seemingly comes back as Shiva. Okay, okay. So not exactly past life, but possession then. Well, but it depends on how you look at it. But I was thinking that
0: same thing. Because... You know how they talk about how children will, once they start talking, they start giving details of a past life. When they Mm -hmm. get older, they seem to forget the memories. The majority of them, the memories fade, and they just kind of live on into their new life. So, So, yes, technically this woman could be reborn into this now passed away body,
1: but... But that doesn't make sense, It's because like there was already a soul inhabiting, um, Sumitra's body, you Unless know. So it's just left like
0: after she passed away, but <sighs> but it really does seem more like a possession.
1: Okay, okay, I'll let you get on to the details. It's more like a possession. I know. It's, so
0: my brain is going in circles. Like, but this, but this. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay. So so as I said, when Sumitra had revived, she was confused. She was unable to recognize her family and friends. However, when she was presented with photos of Shiva's family, and when she later came face-to-face with other members of Shiva's family, she had correctly recognized 23 of them. Without ever having met them. Right, right, Uh, and couldn't even recognize her own family and friends. uh, uh, Sumitra's behavior also changed when she recognized herself as Shiva, the Shiva woman. She changed from, quote, that of a simple village girl to that of a moderately well-educated woman of higher castes and more urban manners who could now read and write Hindi fluently. Th- that boggles my mind.
1: Yeah, I mean, if she didn't know reading and writing, if she didn't know how to read and write in Hindi before, then <laughs> yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah, um, and these these changes in her memory and her behavior continued um, until two years after this investigation ended. So it eventually faded. So if it was a possession case, maybe Shiva finally left her, or is it more of a past life case like with the children over time the memories are
1: forgotten and then you just live in live on in your now life. So I guess the question would be did she start remembering her um, stuff from her life before the seizure? Yeah (laughs) Um, well to give you an idea of this
0: investigation here is a brief explanation of how it was handled. Pasrisha the one that wrote this book. Um, Pasricha began that investigation a month after Sumitra first met a member of Shiva's Sheva, family, Shiva's father. She and Stevenson ultimately interviewed 24 members of the two families, along with 29 other individuals for background information. So Unless the case is an elaborate fraud perpetuated by a large number of people for no apparent purpose, Pastorisha and Stevenson certainly seem to have documented a case of possession. Of this they write, although we do not dogmatically assert that this is the correct interpretation of this case, we believe much of the evidence makes it the most plausible one. And that's the first story. (laughs)
1: Yeah, I, I do kind of feel like maybe it was possession or but like I could see, okay, in this book that I just finished reading that has a lot to do with this kind of theory, you know, um, What's the this, uh, I'm not gonna know because somebody might be reading the book. I'm not gonna spoil it, but, but I'm just I going to read <laughs> Um but whenever the soul was in the wrong body, like they had their memories of being their their former selves, but they were also able to access the memories of the body they were inhabiting because it's like there in their brain, you know, it's like mapped out there, but it was harder for them to access. So maybe it is possible that, you know, the the Shiva soul is still in um in Sumitra's body. But, but it's that now. That makes me very, very curious about what this book you're discussing is about. <laughs> <laughs> I'll send it to you later. And yes, you can listen definitely. to it I don't want to download it. I have to download it. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's like either that or Shiva's soul just decided, like, got too weak because it wasn't in its own body, you know, and just kind of poofed. But then. Also, okay, also, another question would be, would Sumitra remember what happened between the seizure and the point whenever she stopped remembering that she was Shiva? You know what I mean? Like, was there a memory gap? Was there, like, you there's so what? many questions. You
0: know what my biggest question for this whole thing is? Hmm. Did the in-laws do it? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, wow. on the street. Were they arrested? Were they convicted? What happened? <laughs> maybe she maybe. left because they were finally,
1: you know, justice was served. I don't know. Hey, maybe. Maybe she helped bring them down. I, wish <laughs> I they had, had added to... that to the case study. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's they important. Were, <laughs> they were just focusing on, like, whether or not they had scientific data to prove, you know, what right. happens after we die. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs>
0: All right. The second case I want to bring to your attention is of Kathy Luke and her son, James. And it comes from Children's Past Life Memories and Healing by Carol Bowman. So Kathy was a single teenage mother when she gave birth to James in March of 1978. When James was 16 months old, he was diagnosed with neuroblastoma, which is a malignant tumor composed of neuroblasts and most commonly in the adrenal gland. By April of 1980, so about the age of two, he had 17 tumors in his left Mm -hmm. leg and a large tumor behind his left eye that caused opaqueness and blindness in that eye. He also had a tumor behind his right ear. And while he's in the hospital, an IV was inserted into the right side of his neck, and it had left a linear surgical scar. After being hospitalized for some time, Kathy was informed to take her son home as there was nothing else that could be done for the toddler, and mm-hmm. eventually he passed away. It's heartbreaking. I cannot and will not even try to imagine that. again devastating um after james's death kathy had met a married man gave whoa (laughs) i totally misread that and completely changed the meaning (laughs) let me try that again after james's death kathy had met and married a man gave birth to a daughter and divorced after four years Sometime later, she married um, a man named Billy. They had a son named Josh. So just to kind of sum it up so we don't get lost, now the Kathy's family consists of Kathy and her daughter, Kathy's husband Billy, and their son Josh. Okay. So fast forward to 1992, 12 years after Kathy's first boy passed away. Kathy gives birth by C-section to a boy who she names Chad. She, um, As she's regaining her senses from anesthesia, the doctors come into her room to give her some news. They said her son appeared to be blind in his left eye, as it had no color in it. As Kathy looked over her son, she noticed he also had what appeared to be a linear surgical scar on the right side of his neck. In the same place, James had his IV. Oh, the doctors yes. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. The doctors told her it was a birthmark, but it looked like a scar. Chad also had what looked like a tumor behind his right ear in the same place where a biopsy had been done on James. However, doctors told Kathy that it was a functional cyst that would go away on its own.
1: Lucky for the new baby.
0: All right. Um, quote, rhetorically, she said to the doctors, how can this be? Realizing that the blind left eye, the birthmark on the right side of his neck and the cyst behind his right ear looked like the same abnormalities that had been apparent on James's body right before he died. She had said that she knew in her heart that it was her son, James, and he had come back. He had come back to her. She wanted to share this realization with her husband. However, being raised in the Bible Belt in a strict Baptist home, she was hesitant. When she had gotten the courage and shared it with him, he wasn't sure what to think. Kathy then shared it with her ex husband, who thought she was crazy. (laughs) And then she decided not to speak of it anymore, bottling up all of the emotions for years. When Chad was four years old, it all resurfaced. Chad told Kathy that he wanted to go back to his other house. When describing this other house to his mom, Chad was describing the apartment she had lived in with her late son, James. Chad also had requested the toys he missed, toys that he had never had. But James did. Kathy asked Chad why he wanted to go to this other house. Chad responded, quote, because I left you there.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Over the next couple of years, Chad occasionally talked about his life, He remem- this life that he remembered, James's life. Kathy made a point of it to never bring it up or question Chad about this, because she didn't want to influence these memories he was having. However, during one of the times that Chad had brought it up, Kathy retrieved a picture of James and showed it to Chad. Chad looked at the picture and immediately looked shocked. He said, I've been wishing for this picture.
1: I want it because it's me. Oh, my gosh. He recognized himself. Yes. Wow.
0: Another time, Chad was with his 10-year-old brother, and Chad told him, when I was two years old, I got sick, so I couldn't keep seven up down. Then I died, and I came back. When I die again, I'll be back again. Chad's brother Hmm. ran out of the room. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And Kathy said that no one had known about the 7-Up. If you remember, um, Kathy was a single, she was a single mother and she had no other children when James passed away. So no one else could
1: have been around to have known about the 7-Up. Yeah, that's right. It was about this
0: time that Kathy found Carol Bowman's book in a bookstore and had reached out to her. They regularly talked on the phone for the next year and a half. Bowman states, quote, Kathy reported each new statement Chad made about James's life. I also asked if she'd be willing to meet with Dr. Stevenson. I knew he would relish the opportunity to investigate such an intriguing multiple birthmarks case in the U.S. He and and Jim Tucker met with Kathy and her family and documented the case. Bowman and Kathy discussed many possible reasons why a soul might return, such as strong bonds of love tying them together, or even that the deceased might feel they are needed, and Bowman states, quote, we also discussed the possibility that the blindness in Chad's eye, which had no physiological basis, might be healed if Kathy talked to Chad and explained to him that she knew he was back and that he was now in a new body it had worked in other cases it was certainly worth a try
1: and couldn't do any harm oh wait but, so you're saying that the eye that this um that chad was born with there's no physiological reason for him to be blind so like he right. could see out of it if he i guess wanted to
0: they they could not find any physiological <laughs> oh, reason for okay. for why he had no coloring and no sight in that eye
1: Okay. And she
0: was telling him telling the mother Kathy, you know, maybe if you could just say yes, um you were this other person, yes, you you are in a new body, perhaps it could help that um disability or that that issue, the physical issue he was having because it's worked in other cases. Um the fact that she says it couldn't do any harm, that I question. <laughs> <laughs> um because I feel like put I if it's if this is what's going on and it is helpful then yay fantastic but if it just happens to not be the case and you're saying this to a child what kind of mental mental or emotional damage are you doing
1: yeah it almost seems like I don't know it might confuse them or might make them have anxiety or question I don't know like or that's a really
0: tough something else they have huge yeah. imaginations
1: yeah, that's true. Or, like, give them, like, an anecdotal story about, like, another little kid and let them make their own conclusions.
0: Yeah. You know? I mean, that I might know. be a little better.
1: <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's a, it's a hard thing to figure out what to do. I'm excited to know what she did, though. What'd she do?
0: Yeah. Oh, okay.
1: <laughs> yeah. Back to Yeah, just Kathy. tell me. Just tell me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Kathy took months before she gained the courage needed to talk to Chad Kathy reported one uh, quote, one evening I set Chad down on my lap and I said, I don't know everything, but I know you were here before you were, I know you were here before and you were a very sick little boy. Then you had to go away so you could come back in a healthy body. Chad just sat and listened to me as I spoke. Then his eyebrows lifted, his face lit up and he chirped. I know. And then he ran off to play. That's all there was to
1: it, end quote. All right. That was easy for her. (laughs) Right?
0: Two days later, two days later, Chad ran up to Kathy excitedly and told her that he could see out of his left eye. No way. Oh, my God. Kathy and Chad, uh, Kathy had Chad cover his right eye. As Kathy raised her fingers, Chad was able to correctly identify the number she was holding up. Kathy, oh, my I mean, God. he was completely blind in this eye. Yeah. <laughs> Kathy took Chad to an ophthalmologist for testing, and the doctor noted that there was improvement. Uh, when later speaking to Bowman, Kathy said, quote, I pray that both our souls continue healing. My ultimate desire is for Chad's soul to be at peace. In order for that to happen, there has to be closure on the past for both of us. If he felt guilty about leaving me or needed to know how sad I was when he died, he now knows I'm okay and he's loved. It seems that healing the soul is like reading a book slowly. You finish one chapter at a time, end Let's <clears throat> that- see yeah, we've reached the end of this case study, but I'm going to leave you with one last thought. Uh, Bowman, the writer of this case study, um, the recorder of it, I guess, states, Kathy said that over the years she had prayed to have James back as a healthy child to be given another chance to do it over. But now that she knew that this was real and that James's soul was back, she felt her prayers had been answered. But not in the way that she could have thought possible. This was a true miracle. End quote. Wow,
1: yeah, that definitely gives you goosebumps and makes you uh, consider. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, and these are just like two of hundreds, if not thousands, of cases out there across yeah. the planet. So <laughs> I love that it's in like an educational study, you know, journal.
0: Uh, yeah, I uh, found an entire list of them, tons of them, um, and these are, like, actual doctors. And, I mean,
1: how are you going to argue that?
0: <laughs>
1: Honestly, it's kind of hard. You know, they're just reporting what their findings are.
0: Right. I and- mean, that's science. you got to start, you know, observation and and recording, record keeping, and you record in any way you know how until you know differently. Yeah. Wow. So, I'll, I'll put those down with the other sources in
1: our, um, you know, description. The, yep. that works. <laughs> Um, all right. So like I said, my story is something based off of my son and I just wanted to add a little bit of um, tidbit of, I guess my own personal past life before, um, that kind of connects to what I was talking about last week that you know when I had that experience with my grandma yeah um so I'll start off with that um you remember how I was talking about I I had a tarot reading like a past life tarot reading with somebody and then that person's one who told me that my grandma was reborn yes Um, so interesting yeah so I had this weird feeling I don't know how to explain it but like this weird feeling I was like I bet you that I was my mom's parent in a past life. Like it just has to be what? it because I'm always feeling I'm always feeling like I'm taking care of my mom, like I'm responsible for her like emotional well-being. Um, I mean not so much anymore the older you know I'm getting cuz I'm 30 now and she's like what 45 I think. So you know she's a big girl now. But like growing up <laughs> I felt like I was responsible for her. Like, I didn't have friends in high school, because I always felt like I had to be around with my mom. Like, I wanted to spend time with my mom to make sure that she was okay emotionally, make sure she was okay physically, because, you know, my dad was, um, like, not very nice. Um, and I've always had this feeling like, I bet you I've been taking care of her for a long time. I just know it. Um, so anyway, when I had that past life reading... This woman told me that in my past life, I was my mother's father. I was like, I knew no it. Way. <laughs> yes. I was like, I knew it. I knew it. Um, she also told me that I was a, mu- a music teacher in my past life, which again makes sense because oh. I'm very musically inclined in and this life. And you teach. Yes and I'm a teacher in this life as well. Um so I thought that was interesting and she said that um it was somewhere in France but didn't really have <gasps> oh, a lot of details. Oh man. And I was always drawn to French like in high school I took French instead of high um, instead of Spanish and So did I. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I did kind of um I took to that language pretty pretty well. Now, at this point, I don't remember because it's been like like twelve years since I graduated high school, so <laughs> I have not used any French since then. um but yeah, so I thought that was interesting, a little tidbit from my own personal experience, but um yeah. now, for my son's story <laughs> um so when my, my son was about four years old, we were playing outside um in the front yard, and he was just like out of nowhere, he was like, "Hey, mom." Do you think that you can be another person before you're this person? And again, he's like four. I was like, well, what do you mean by that? He's like, sometimes I feel like I used to be somebody else before I was me. I'm like, okay, what do you mean mean by that?
0: What a thing for a four-year-old to say.
1: Yeah. And he's like, I asked him, I was like, what do you mean? He's like, sometimes I have memories of being a girl. And that's when he started to tell me um, about his past life as a girl. And he only remembers, he only has like one memory. He doesn't have like all these details of, you know, a full life or anything like that. But um, so he said that he remembered his name and that his name was Senoke. Um I don't know about a last name. He didn't remember a last name either, just that he was called Sanoke. Um, he The memory he has was um, he was exploring some places with, with some friends, and he remembers taking a selfie with this particular, with one particular friend of his, or at this point hers. Um, he was explaining to me that this friend had um, brown skin, and whenever my son says someone has brown skin, that means they're African. Um, so he had brown skin brown skin and he had tall cylindle, tall cylinder hair that had a flat top and huh. this yeah and this friend of his was wearing a black sweater so him as sinoke he remembers that he had long purple red brown hair so it was like a like sort of colored hair but it was long and straight and he was or she was wearing purple sunglasses that were round And then he started describing the type of camera he was using. And again, he's four, mind you, and he had never really seen this type of camera at all. He said the camera was square, like big and square, like a cube. And it had a big old lens. And whenever you took a picture, the picture would spit out like it was sticking its tongue out.
0: just about to say it's like a Polaroid. Yes, like a
1: Polaroid. My son has never seen a Polaroid. Like ever at that point, was you know. At,
0: what? When was that? The seventies, eighties? That's what I was
1: thinking too. Like the seventies. It almost seemed like the seventies, because like, yeah, they were saying that they were exploring a, a grassy field. There's no trees or anything. It was just grass, and they were <laughs> hey, frolicking. He was at
0: Woodstock. <laughs> Maybe.
1: <laughs> Maybe he was at Woodstock. Um, but yeah, and then I sometimes I questioned. I was questioning him occasionally after oh, do you remember any other time whenever you were Sonoke, And he goes, no, not really. And then that was that. Like, he just said it matter-of-factly when he was telling me this story. Well, like, and if it
0: was that time, and you can't really look up the name, because that could have been a name, like, a hippie name they came up with back then. You know what I mean? Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. I don't even know how you would spell that. I mean, I, I have know. an idea of how you would spell it, but... You know, I have no idea how actually it was spelled. I was just
0: trying to Google it, but then the, with the field and everything, I was like, nah, they're just in the field.
1: Uh, yeah. Sock. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the older he gets, when I try to ask him about it, he's like, um, yeah, I don't really remember anything anymore. You know, so it's like that same sort of theory. Like when the kids are younger, they really remember what was happening with them in their past life, and then the older they get you know, the more they forget.
0: Well, just an idea that just popped into my brain, Um, you know, physically or psychologically, however you want to look at it, Um, our brains can only, there's only a certain capacity for memories. If you were to remember absolutely everything in your life, your entire life, you would go crazy. So your brain actually stores memories away so that you can't recall them so maybe as they're getting older and they're getting more memories there's not enough room to hold all of those
1: other memories i mean that makes sense because like how often have you looked at a video of yourself like you know from a few years ago and you're like oh i obviously see that that happened to me but i literally don't remember doing this you know yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i'm like yeah. this is just a few years oh, man gosh. i know and it's it's quite um interesting how all of that works, you know. It's like my son, he's always been kind of, I guess, an older person. You know how they talk about old souls versus new souls. Yeah. Like, he's definitely that type of kid where you'd be like, oh, yeah, that is an old soul. You know, he's very bright. He's intelligent. He's very introspective as well. um, And he's a bit ADHD, just like his mama. There's nothing. (laughs) Very
0: creative.
1: Yeah. Nothing wrong with that.
0: that. Artistic.
1: He literally has such like an affinity for art, and I'm like, I bet. I was like, I wonder if in his past life he was an artist too. Well, you the, know? <laughs> the
0: bunny he painted he painted for Olive for her baby shower. He was like two.
1: Yeah, and that's
0: right. I love that bunny, and she loves that bunny.
1: <laughs> and it looked like a bunny.
0: It sure did, just like it, and the way he mixed the colors, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's great.
1: He he just knew, but yeah. I just think that I mean I I obviously don't have as many details of a story that you brought, and but I love the stories that you told, and I just wanted to continue on with like those personal um, anecdotes for for me. I know that
0: you do tarot,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and I'm thinking you need to learn how to do past
1: life readings. Yeah, you know what? I think that is something that I have been interested in learning how to do. I've um i bought a special deck just for that so really i did yeah (laughs) um one of these
0: days you're gonna have to give me a rating of some sort
1: you maybe you can be my first practice (laughs) heck yeah (laughs) um yeah you know what (laughs) i'll tell you what the cards say (laughs) OK, <laughs> Um. you know, and also when we're thinking about past lives and things that like, you know, you connect with or you just know that you can do without ever really practicing. I had that sort of feeling with, um, you know, my husband when I met him. We were so, so young, you know, 18, 19 years old. And honestly, when I met him, it was just like, a, oh, hello. And that was it. Like there is no like doubt in my mind, in my body that I wasn't going to spend the rest of my life with him.
0: Yeah, you guys and have it like was, this yeah. weird beyond spiritual connection.
1: Yeah, like it and it was the same for him too. He was just like, okay, there it is. Like there was never any of that drama like I kid you not. We don't fight. And I know some people say like, oh, if you don't fight, you don't care, that sort of thing. And I'm like, no. it's not, it's not like that. It's we have really good communication. Like we know each other, like on a deeper sense. And it's just crazy, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I, I, I can't really explain it. I wish everybody could just feel what I, what I feel. But, and it's like you um, can like-
0: communicate really well because you've done it for centuries
1: exactly and whenever I was getting that past life reading I had asked her about Adam and I and she was like oh yeah you guys have been together for many 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 lifetimes and then sometimes I'm the boy and sometimes he's a girl sometimes we're the both the same gender you know um but I do kind of feel like I've been a boy more than I've been a girl not gonna lie that's why you're so cool (laughs) <laughs> is that why Cause <laughs> no <laughs> and, and it's also the same thing too like i feel like adam has been a girl more than he's been a boy hmm, especially 80%. when you look at our yeah like our roles and personalities now in this life
0: oh i'll you have know? to post the picture of my wow oh, what was it my it was my baby announcement i think it was whenever i found out i was um pregnant with lila and oh yeah, <laughs> yes. And you guys were in the announcement, and you were yeah. the you were the Sanderson sisters, and he was
1: the blonde one. I know. <laughs> that was great. Oh, that was great. And, you was know what? Adam has long hair like that now too. But he my does. husband's hair is like mid back, and my hair is just to my shoulders. So you know, he the reason why the, the drains clog are because of that man's <laughs> hair. <laughs> Not exactly because of mine, but yeah,
0: yeah. Post that picture.
1: Yeah, you should. It's a great one. <laughs> it's pretty
0: glorious. <laughs> if you would like to share your stories with us, um, be they of past lives, aliens, ghosts, conspiracies, creatures, anything you can think of, really, <laughs> send us your true experiences. Witchinandwinen at gmail.com. So that's
1: W-I-T-C-H-N-A-N-D-W-I-N-E-N
0: at gmail.com. There we go. (laughs) We did it. (laughs) Also, check out our Facebook for any videos that we have posted um, that have gone along with things that we've we've talked about. And you can also post your own um, thoughts and feelings or stories.
1: All right. And we will see you all next time. Bye. Bye. Ooh, spooky.